Hi, this is Dr. John Day from St. Mark's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah. Our topic today is seven ways to stop an AFib attack. If you find yourself experiencing just a very occasional incident of AFib, you need not panic provided you're not about to pass out, you're not experiencing chest discomfort, or you're short of breath. Of course, if AFib is happening repeatedly, then you need to see your cardiac electrophysiologist or EP as soon as possible. And for those who may not be aware, an EP is a cardiologist who has had two additional years of training in arrhythmias following their cardiology board certification. So basically an EP is an AFib specialist. And if in the off chance that an AFib attack might happen at a very inconvenient time, like when you're on a long international flight or taking a cruise in a very remote area of the world, this absolutely shouldn't stop you from living your life to the fullest. Lots of people travel with a first aid kit. That doesn't mean that they intend to use a first aid kit. It simply means that they are ready in case something happens. No matter how long your AFib has been in remission, whether that's from massive lifestyle changes or a successful ablation, I personally suggest always having a plan of response ready to go, especially when you know you're gonna be away from a hospital or your doctor for a while. As the Boy Scout motto goes, be prepared. And Interestingly, if people are prepared, then for some strange reason, nothing ever seems to happen. It only happens when you haven't prepared. So here are the seven ways to stop an AFib episode. Number one, the pill in the pocket. First, keep an antiarrhythmic medication like flecainite on hand for an emergency. Sometimes my patients may also have a medication to also slow down their heart, like metoprolol or diltiazem, and a blood thinner like Eliquis in addition to the flecainite on hand for an AFib attack. Even though many of our patients haven't had an AFib episode in years following a successful ablation, many still keep an antiarrhythmic in their wallet, in their purse, or in their car, just in case their heart ever starts fibrillating again. If nothing else, it gives them peace of mind and a sense of control should anything ever change. Number two, Rehydrate. Next, always be ready to rehydrate. As dehydration is such a big trigger of AFib, many of our patients report that they are able to quickly get back into sinus rhythm simply by rehydrating. So rehydrating is a, is a great way to get back into normal sinus rhythm. Always travel with clean water at arm's reach. Number three, optimize your electrolytes. Keep your electrolytes up. Low levels of magnesium and potassium in particular are another common AFib trigger. A quick boost through electrolyte heavy foods or drinks like tomato juice or low sodium vegetable juices is always a good bet. But if you're going to be away from a place where you can access these foods and drinks high in electrolytes, supplements can be a good idea, especially in the case of magnesium. Number four, exercise away your AFib attack. While it may seem counterintuitive, Many of my patients report that all they need to do is overtake their AFib heart rate with an even faster exercise heart rate to get their hearts back into normal sinus rhythm. When their heart then slows after the exercise, their normal sinus rhythm is restored. Of course, if your heart rate runs especially fast with an AFib attack, then driving the heart rate up even higher with exercise probably wouldn't be a good idea. This seems to work more for people who, when they go into AFib, their hearts aren't racing. So for those whose hearts seem to break speed records when they go into AFib, the next option or option number five,
probably is the better choice. Number five, lie down. If an exercise-induced increased heart rate doesn't work for you, or when you do go into AFib, it's so fast anyway, the opposite just might do the trick. Many of my patients report that if they take a nap or go to bed early, then when they wake up from their nap or from their early night of sleep, the AFib seems to go away and they're back into normal sinus rhythm. All right, number six, stimulate your vagus nerve. Sometimes autonomic nervous system imbalances can trigger an AFib attack. One way to quickly correct this is through vagal maneuvers. What's a vagal maneuver? Well, these are maneuvers that stimulate the vagus nerve, like slow, deep breathing, bearing down like you're trying to have a bowel movement, tightening your abdominal muscles, inverting your body by raising your legs or standing on your head, coughing, taking a cold shower, pressing on your eyeballs, whatever it seems to work for you to stimulate the vagus nerve may just do the trick for getting your heart back in rhythm, especially if your AFib tends to run uh, on the faster side. Number seven, get a quick cardioversion. Finally, if all else fails, it's time to visit an emergency room if it's off hours, like weekends, holidays, or evenings, or if it's during the day, your cardiologist or EP's office. And there you can, you should, I don't want to commit them to anything, but you should be able to get a quick cardioversion to restore normal sinus rhythm. For example, our practice has long provided same-day cardioversions for our patients. Of course, that's during normal business hours, provided you are fasting. You need to be fasting because you're put to sleep for a couple of minutes for a cardioversion. While a cardioversion doesn't fix the underlying AFib problem, it can provide temporary relief until your AFib is fixed. And whether that's through aggressive lifestyle interventions, including weight loss, or a catheter ablation procedure. So concluding thoughts. First, having a plan in place to stop an AFib attack isn't admitting defeat. Sometimes life throws us a curveball. Let these bad experiences, you know, whether you got overly worked up, stressed out, dehydrated, et cetera, become good data that can help you prevent another such experience. After all, for some, this can be a lifetime fight. For others, they may be able to just get their AFib to quickly go away with, say, an ablation procedure. But even people who have been cured from their AFib with an ablation may still have that rare one-off AFib attack and then go decades without another AFib attack. Sometimes this once in a blue moon AFib attack can come from a major life stressor like a death in the family, divorce, et cetera, or even say a massive infection. As long as AFib is a very rare event, the symptoms aren't worrisome and the proper stroke prevention measures are in place, then it shouldn't cause too much concern. If, however, AFib attacks are repeated, repeatedly happening to you, then you need a new treatment plan and one that you can work out with your cardiac EP. If you want to learn more about how to stop an AFib attack, be sure to check out our best-selling book, The AFib Cure. Also, to see one of the cardiologists or EPs in our practice, please call my team at 801-266-3418. Sorry, Telemedicine visits outside of the state of Utah are no longer possible due to government regulations, but we'd love to see you. So give us a call and hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in.